Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. On today's Live Daily News, 16 dogs are in danger of being put down at the San Angelo Animal Shelter. We'll tell you why. Construction crews are working on a new Starbucks coffee shop on Knickerbocker Road, and a beloved San Angelo Police canine officer has passed away. I'm Yantis Green, and this is Live. We'll get to the news in a minute, but first... Need a new improved driveway? How's your parking lot or that ranch road? Now's the time to get it repaved. San Angelo-based Mac Asphalt and Paving is ready to get to work for you right now. Go to macasphaltpaving.com and request a free, no-obligation quote. They're offering heavily discounted repaving and paving packages right now. If you've been thinking about paving your driveway, parking lot, or ranch road, get a quick turnaround quote while you can save a whole lot. Do so by going to macasphaltpaving.com. Topping local news this afternoon, 16 dogs at the San Angelo Animal Shelter will be euthanized Saturday if they are not fostered or adopted. According to Concha Valley Paws, the shelter is limited to 180 animals uh, at any given time and is over capacity right now. Information about the 16 dogs is available on the CV Paws website and their Facebook page. The shelter on a regular basis is overcrowded because people keep breeding dogs in the city. It is time for an ordinance to ban all dog breeding in the city of San Angelo, inside the city limits. For more on that story, read it at sanangelolive.com or use the all-new San Angelo Live mobile app that is on fire right now. People are downloading it right and left, so go get yours today. Now available the app uh, on the Apple at the Apple App Store. All iPhone users can have all the latest stories delivered directly to their devices. The Android app is still in the approval phase, so stay tuned and keep checking the Google Play Store for all you Android users out there. That's the all-new San Angelo Live mobile app, available now. Also, construction crews are working on the former Bush's Chicken location on Knickerbocker Road next to Cheddar's, transforming that into a Starbucks coffee shop. As we reported earlier, Seven Brew opened a drive through coffee house across Knickerbocker and down the road a bit several months ago. The new Starbucks coffee shop will create a brewing battle on Chickenbocker. For more details, read that story on sanangelolive.com. And the San Angelo Police Department relayed some sad news this afternoon. After years of service and retirement, K-9 Officer Duke has passed away. A statement from the PD read, quote, It is with great sadness we announce the death of San Angelo Police K-9 Duke. Duke started his career with the PD in 2013, serving the department for seven years and ten months. He was enjoying retirement under the care of his previous handler and partner, Officer Frank Flores. Read that story on SanAngeloLive.com. And a T-bone crash this morning on U.S. Highway 87 North and March Road sent two people to the hospital. A white Dodge pickup and a white Dodge uh, van crashed at that intersection. Both drivers were hospitalized. There's more on SanAngeloLive.com. 
Turning to weather, look for clearing skies for Thursday with a low temperature near 40 degrees overnight, highs around 70. Rain chances return Friday with a 40% chance of rain Friday afternoon. That increases to 60% Friday night. Rain chances move out of the area on Saturday. And yes, you'll eventually read all of these stories on other local media sites, but they'll come here to read them first, just as you are. Stay with us. We'll have sports and an interview. But first, here's a word from the Bass Bunch. 2024 means savings galore at Jim Bass Nissan. Why not drive off our lot in a new 2024 Nissan Frontier? Priced right at just $33,999. While you're here, be sure to ask about 2.9% APR financing. This truck offers a mid-size truck with full-size truck capabilities. Hurry. These are limited offers, and you can only get these deals at Jim Bass Nissan at the corner of Houston Heart at Arden Road or shop 24-7 at BassBunch.com. The Angelo State Rams and Ram Bells basketball teams return to Lone Star Conference action tomorrow when they travel to Portales, New Mexico to play the Eastern New Mexico Greyhounds. Last time out, both the Rams and Bells beat Eastern New Mexico at the Janelle Center in San Angelo. The Rams currently sit in fifth place in the West Division after injuries caused a four-game losing streak. Angelo State needs both these wins to stay competitive in the Lone Star Conference. Meanwhile, the Bells currently sit in third place in the West. Like the Rams, the Bells will need to win both games uh, this weekend if they want a shot at a potential conference championship. The Bells tip off at 6.30 p.m. on Thursday, uh, while the Rams get started around 8.30. And of course, for more sports around the Concho Valley and beyond, be sure to check in every day at sanangelolive.com slash news slash sports. So we were on vacation, family vacation, having a good time, and we get the call. I mean, it was a river. It was a river was in our house. That's the big thing is we kept wondering, how bad is it? It was devastating. I was, I was like numb. It's like, how are we going to handle all this? What are we going to do? And they called Carpet Tech, and they were here within 20 minutes. One of my questions was, yes, it needs to happen, but how does it need to happen for the insurance? That was all handled, and so that was another load off of my shoulders and made me feel like we were in good hands. If you have been injured, call J. Chandler Law. You want an honest partner who will tell it to you straight. A proven advocate right here in town. Together, let's hold them accountable. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to our studio again. We have another really special guest today. Today is my friend, Doug Eggman. Uh, we want to introduce him. Uh, Doug is uh, a San Angelo native, and he actually... He and his family uh, ran Medical Arts Pharmacy, which is a staple in San Angelo. If you've lived in San Angelo, you've heard of Medical Arts Pharmacy. So um, we're going to talk about some other things, too, that are interesting. Doug, to me, in a lot of ways, is like the guy on the movie Big Fish. You ever seen that movie? No. You've never seen Big Fish? <laughs> no. So Big Fish, is it's about this, it's sort of Forrest Gump esque in a way that this guy he leaves home and he goes on on these like personal journeys um and so it's, it's interesting to me because all the stories that i've heard i see you as kind of this guy that like, going off on these journeys and you get married and that's part of your life and then you go climb this mountain in alaska which i know you didn't climb a mountain over there but you know what i'm saying so doug's just a very interesting guy uh and so we're going to talk a little bit about that so uh, first question. Let's start off. Okay. Right, let's let's uh, let you tell the audience uh, about yourself a little bit. Go ahead. Well, I grew up here in San Angelo. My family moved here in 1950, just right after I was born. So that 
tells you how old I am. <laughs> and uh, uh, we, I uh, went to school here, graduated from Central in 1968. Nice. Um, my high school days were mostly about playing golf. I could care less about school. Yeah. I, I like a lot of young men. Oh, yeah. But, you still get decent grades, though? Well, yeah, I did, but I tried to just skate by the best mm -hmm. I could. Yep. You know? And I'm sure there's a lot of young kids out there today that are kind of floundering around a little bit. They're thinking, you know, like, what do I got to do to get out of here, you know? And yeah. What do I need to do to, you know, for my future? Yeah. And um, I didn't really focus in on my future until I got to college. Yeah. And uh, I ended up at the University of Texas still wanting to play golf. And, uh -huh. And I uh, played golf down there for a couple of years. Yeah. So you, you went to UT? Went to UT yeah, for a couple okay. of years. I was a walk-on down there. but You walked on? Yes. The, well, I, they didn't offer scholarships to freshmen except for people like Ben Crenshaw and Tom sure. Kite. You know. but, yeah. But, wow, uh, cool. But okay. anyway, I, I was a walk-on, and mm -hmm. I, I played there for a couple of years and enjoyed uh, most of the time I spent there. But it was a very turbulent time in mm -hmm. Austin, as you, re yeah. you remember, in the late 60s. and. And uh, I ended up uh, deciding that I probably ought to get an education because uh, I probably wasn't good enough to make a living at golf. Right. So mm -hmm. anyway, I got the opportunity to go to pharmacy school at the University of Houston. Nice. And uh, it was primarily because of the golf tournament that I played in. Really? And I, and oh. I, ran, I ran into the assistant dean of pharmacy from the University of Houston at uh -huh. the golf tournament, Abilene, and he invited me to apply to the University of Houston School of Pharmacy. Okay. Well, what I didn't realize was is that I was in school down there three weeks later. Wow. That's how fast yeah. it happened for me. And uh, anyways, it turns out that was one of the most uh, exciting parts of my education that I could have ever imagined. Uh, pharmacy school was very intense, mm -hmm. but it was extremely interesting. And I, was, uh, I had a great school to go to. Uh, it enjoyed all my professors, and they expected a lot out of us. Yeah. And we worked hard. But... Um, I will say just, uh, that's something I thought about before I came down here mm -hmm. was I had a hundred people that graduated in my class and all of us, uh, passed the board examination, right? every single wow. one of us. So we were a hundred percent pass yeah. rate and the university of Texas had 125 students that, uh, that graduated that same year and only about, uh, 98 of them passed oh, the board. Really? So it was a, Interesting that our school performed so well on the boards as opposed to a big school like the University that of Texas. That is interesting, yeah. So, but anyway, um, uh, pharmacy became sort of a way of life. And I mm -hmm. thought, well, I'll, uh, I'll try to maybe uh, take this golf thing a little more seriously after I get out of school. Yeah. Well, that didn't happen. <laughs> Did you, uh, while you were in pharmacy, because I know you play a lot at UT, but while you were in pharmacy school in Houston, did you play a lot then as well? Uh, some, so, but there wasn't a lot of time for it while I was in pharmacy school, and my focus was primarily on my education. And so I thought, well, when I get out, I'll I'll try to start playing a little more golf and see what I can do. And then, and then I, I, after I got out of school, by the way, I played the best golf of my life for about the next ten years. <laughs> but <laughs> Why it was, does that happen? Yeah. I, I don't know. But anyway, that <laughs> yeah. was while I was starting to become a, a, a community pharmacist and a uh -huh. business person. And yeah, so that's. Uh, kind of where it all happened by the way uh i met my wife uh at the university of houston mm -hmm. and while you were in pharmacy school she's yeah. a pharmacist also yeah and, uh, that's really cool and yeah. we we married in 1974 and came back here okay and uh yeah. she's moved here from houston and it was a tough transition for her to come here where all my friends were right and she didn't have any wow, but she's yeah. uh 
she's adapted to it, I think, quite well, and developed, we've developed a lot of friends here in San Angelo, and uh, I don't think either one of us would even consider leaving the city limits here. So Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's been good. Yeah. Yeah. That's really fascinating. So what I'm really interested in is, um, so your father started Medical Arts Pharmacy in 1957, right? Correct. Yes. Uh, the Medical Arts Building was built by eight doctors okay. in 1956. 1956. Okay. okay. By eight doctors. There were eight doctors, okay. and uh, they built that building, and uh, they and they wanted a pharmacy in it, mm -hmm. and so uh, they kind of recruited my dad away from the Perkins Drug Company, which was downtown mm -hmm. at the time, and uh, he became the um, actual operator of Medical Arts Pharmacy. He didn't own it at the time. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, he ended up buying it uh, in 1961. Yeah. And um, then by 1963, he had paid it off. Wow. And uh, yeah. then the rest is history. I went to pharmacy school, you know, in 1970 mm -hmm. and uh, then came back and started working for him. And the next thing you know, I'm owner and operator of the pharmacy. And by the time 1980 rolled around, I was I was running a full operation. And we yeah. were at that time we had three pharmacies. Uh, one was called Southwest Pharmacy, and it was located in the West Texas Medical Associates building out by the, the community hospital. Okay. And um, so we ran that for 15 years, and okay. uh, Mary was uh, a big part oh, of that. My wife. Okay. Yeah. And uh, then. Uh, we also we started a long-term care pharmacy. Uh, we called it Medimark Pharmacy, and and it's uh, it's is not an entity by that name anymore. We call it the Medical Arts Pharmacy Long-Term Care Division now. But uh, there was a time in 1993 when the West Texas Medical Associates mm -hmm. sold out to a, a Columbia Hospital group. Okay. Yeah. And when Columbia Hospital took over, they they kind of took over the West Texas Medical Associates building at that time, and I, our pharmacy then ceased to be because they wanted to put their own operations right. in there. Mm -hmm. So we moved out and uh, ended up operating our two entities till, this today, till today, mm -hmm. and then about five years ago, um, a deal was in the works with my business manager, uh, Brian Abernathy, and he has taken over the company and done uh, everything that I could have done with the company. Yeah. He's, he's done real well with it. He's now. taken the, the wheel, so to speak. Yeah, right. And that was in 2019, you said? 20, 2019, I think it was, yeah. yeah. Man, that's fast. How, how did that feel? Two things, really. How did it feel, first of all, to work alongside your father? How was that? He was a great mentor. Um, you know, he, there's one thing about being educated in pharmacy, and that's a critical thing that we have is that, that type of education. But it's another to learn how to deal with customers and people. That's exactly right. That's a completely different skill altogether. Right? And he was a master at that. He knew how to deal with people. And I learned a lot just by watching him and talking to him and spending a lot of time with him. But uh, one thing I mentioned to you uh, mm -hmm. the other day was that he uh, was one of these people that said that there's always going to be confrontation. And there's always going to be somebody that you're going to run into that is going to pretty much get in your face mm -hmm. about something. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, you have to learn how to handle those situations. And one of the things he said to me was, you want to, when you're in the middle of one of those confrontations, to say, you know, how am I, in, in the back of your mind, how am I going to feel about this when this is all over? Because when it's all over, you don't want to be carrying 
how badly you performed mm -hmm. in this thing the rest of the day or the rest yeah, of the week yeah. could make you feel terrible. So what you want to do is to empathize a lot with that person mm -hmm. and, and work through the problems that they have yeah. and, and do the very best that you can as an individual without being feeling like you're uh, you know, in, in the defense of trying to, and then you start That's on the right. attack with that person. You get into a confrontation mm -hmm. and you can't get out of That's it. That's right. Okay. That, so yeah. it's a whole lot more effective to stop and think about, okay, how uh -huh. am I going to feel about this when this is all over? Yeah. It helps you a lot with the way you deal with people and stuff. And so if I had one thing that I would like to relay to the audience out there today, that would be one thing that I would like to pass along to you is if you get into a confrontation, you know, think about how you're going to feel after this is all over with, because it's going to come to an end. Yeah. Right. You, you just want it to come to an end in a good way. Right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that that's something that I, I would like to, if I'm going to, pass along any philosophy of mine right that's it wow yeah that's that's big we, man i mean i remember when you told me that it was almost it's almost like one of those goes with the golden rule type things because i could relate to that instantly when you said that because yeah. i can recall situations where uh and what happens is something happens a confrontation where there's a business deal taking place and you get emotional and so what happens is the emotions tend to take control, it seems, you know, and once you're attached to those emotions and, you know, how you've been wronged and what that person did to you, mm -hmm. then it becomes you're in defensive mode, you know, and exactly. it's hard to give people grace. And, and if that if that thought could just cross your mind, you know, how am I going to feel at the end of this after dealing with this person, even though they're being super ugly, how am I going to feel about myself? What, how I represented my business, how I represented my family, mm -hmm. you know, at the at the end of this thing, because like you said, it, it will right. come to an end, uh, and in the long run, that's the way to go. I mean, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll mention that uh, early on, I was not very good at it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, that was one of the things my father taught me, was to try to think about how you're going to feel tonight. Yeah. This is all over with. Are you going to carry this with you? all the rest of the day and this evening let it ruin your day uh -huh. and tomorrow maybe even a few days after that uh, the best thing to do is to treat these people with respect and empathy mm -hmm. and work your way through it and then you'll feel a whole lot better they may go home mad mm -hmm. but at the same time you don't mm -hmm. okay yeah you don't go home mad and yeah. frustrated and upset with the way you handled yourself right so yeah that's my that's my thought for that yes day. i love that man that is that is some wisdom right there. That's cool. So I, I want to talk just a little bit about uh, your golfing career. So I've played golf with Doug. He's incredible. I mean, he's if you know anything about golf, he's, I mean, what are you, like a six handicap probably right now or something? That's like about that? right. Yeah. So he, I mean, he's really, really good. Very skilled, and it takes a lot of experience and practice uh, to get that good. And so when somebody's that good, it's, and you play the game, you realize what it takes to get there, and so you have a lot of respect for that. Um, so in college, you know, when you were playing at the University of Texas, and you sort of had these aspirations of, you know, potentially going professional, um, and thinking about just what all that would take, uh, but then, like you said, your logical mind uh, was thinking, well, I better find something that I can fall back on. So looking back at that, um, what do you think ultimately prevented you from going all in with golf and, and really pursuing it hard and falling flat on your face maybe? 
There, there were a number of different circumstances that developed back then. Uh, one is all I could think about was golf. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was going to be my life at that time, and uh, we had the draft back then. That's right. That was in nineteen. Oh, Richard yeah. Nixon got elected in nineteen sixty-eight, and in nineteen sixty-nine they came up with the draft lottery, and I was playing golf, and I was primarily taking uh, just part-time classes. Uh, I was. Well, actually full-time as a 12-hour schedule but mm-hmm. trying to play golf and go to college was those two things don't fit together because it yeah. takes it takes a lot of work to become That's a scratch right. player yeah we'd go out there on any given day and um, you know we were struggling to shoot par mm-hmm. on those courses that we played and uh, Ben Crenshaw, Tom Kite, and some of those upperclassmen, they'd come out there, sail oh, around, and saw. they'd come out there and shoot, sail around in 66. And I was going, you know, I don't have a 66 in me. Yeah. And I, wow. thought, I thought, you know, maybe I ought to have a backup plan mm-hmm. here because I'm uh, not quite as good as I thought I was. Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, so. That's a wake up call. Yeah. I ended, ah. ended up having to make a decision there that, uh, you know, golf may not be in the future for me. But, yeah. you know, having the, you know, the, the draft and getting, I, I was able to uh, get a high draft number in mm-hmm. the, the lottery. Yeah. And tell what, that story. That's interesting. Well, uh, they had a draft lottery, and, and I'm not sure if younger folks here would know what I'm talking about. Right. But, but at the time, we had the Selective Service. And the Selective Service would draft you if you didn't have a student deferment. Okay, well, I had a student deferment. As long as I was going to school and making my grades, I could hold my deferment. Mm-hmm. Well, when I got the high number in the draft lottery, I didn't know what it meant. So I called uh, the draft board uh, in uh, November. And I said, uh, what does this mean to me? And they said, well, if you drop your student deferment for one calendar month during the, uh, this particular calendar year, you become 1A. You make yourself eligible for the draft. And at that point, if they do not call you during that month, then they put you into a second priority group. Well, that's what happened. Okay. okay? Yeah. And in, in 1970, then, as it came around, I was in another priority group. I was in a second priority group, so they would have had to go through all 365 birthdays. Mm-hmm. And then, again, all the way to my number, which was the 333, to get to me in the draft. Right. But basically, what that meant was is I wasn't going to get drafted. Exactly. It was a strategy. Right. Yeah. And so then at that point, I was able to make some decisions mm-hmm. about my future a little yeah. bit. I, wouldn't, I didn't feel like I was trapped. Right. At yeah, that point. And, absolutely. Uh, and so, uh, and then, of course, getting the opportunity to go to pharmacy school, I didn't know really what it was going to be like when I got there. I knew it was going to be pretty intense. Yeah. But I had no idea how educational it was going to be. And it was extremely interesting. Wow. Okay? And to yeah. this day, it still interests me. Yeah. You know, all these, the drugs and how they work, how they were developed. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's, it's remarkable. You it know, is. That, this yeah. industry is amazing it from that is. perspective. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And so on that note, um, how have you seen, uh, in terms of medication, prescription medications, um, how have you seen them change or evolve in the past, let's say, 40 years? You know, has, is it really, have we really come leaps and bounds, do you yeah. think? I, I was going to mention to you at one point in our, one of our earlier conversations mm-hmm. that only about 10% of the drugs that I learned about in college are being used today. Okay. Wow. And I think, you know, oh, wow. I mean, that's, I, and it, I learned about s- several thousand drugs when I was in pharmacy school. 
And there's oh. only about 10% of those that are still out there That's being used. Something. Wow. So you can imagine what's happened mm -hmm. in that 45 year stretch that I was in pharmacy. We had new entities coming on the market weekly, mm -hmm. monthly, you know, 40, 50 of them a year, you know, at mm -hmm. least. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, today, you probably can see on TV uh, how many new entities there are from all the ads and stuff. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, mm -hmm. what you're seeing out there. Yep. And um, the, you know, I want to touch on AI for yeah. just a second. Yeah, I wanted to get to this. So go ahead, please. We're going to talk about artificial intelligence a little bit here. Uh, the, you know, when we had COVID. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know, mRNA vaccines. Yes. Okay, mRNA has been around for 20 years. Okay, but all of a sudden when COVID hit, all of a sudden now we've got two or three or four vaccines that are all mRNA vaccines, mm -hmm. and they're on the market within six months, okay? Mm -hmm. Well, we had all these things out there, but we had never tested it, and we didn't know for sure if they were safe or what was going to happen. But AI helped them get it to the marketplace because they had profiles and data that they needed to be able to get that out there to the public, okay. and it worked. Okay, and uh, now yes, is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. Right. But and there may it may come out one of these days that uh, mRNA will be you know gone. Mm -hmm. We'll find something right. else. Yeah. But right now, uh, it's still extremely important out there as far as vaccines go. Mm -hmm. Well, AI is you know is, is back. I guess the best way to put this is you're seeing 40, 50, or 60 entities. Uh, for a drug company is looking at you know that profile of you know, 40 or 50 of these uh, chemicals mm -hmm. and they're trying to decide okay well which one do we want to try to put a hundred million dollars into yeah. to get it on the market uh -huh. well AI can narrow that down oh, very quickly that's how and uh, okay. they can they can look at those different profiles and they can figure out where is the best place to put our dollars and AI is developing things so quickly uh-huh and we're realizing that AI can help us in almost every area now. It's, uh, for example, uh, with, I guess the best, my best example of that would be with all these different drugs coming on the market, then we may be able to solve a number of different disease states over the next few years. Wow. And, and, and that's something that was way off. Wow. You know, yeah. when I was, uh, the year 2000, I couldn't even imagine where we'd be today yeah uh -huh. think, think about what's going to happen in the next five years yeah we could find a cure for diabetes and many cancers in fact they have a number of yeah. things okay but and uh, alzheimer's we were talking about oh yeah alzheimer's you, didn't you say you thought that yeah. we are on the verge probably of i think that they're uh, they're touching on it every mm -hmm. day you're seeing new correlative studies mm -hmm. which are, are correlative studies to me are until they're backed up with real data uh, are just that they're just something that comes at you all over the internet you read it and you think gosh maybe maybe okay. we're on the right track yeah okay but until there's further study and they figure it all out mm -hmm. uh, you can't really count on all those things okay. but ai on the other hand starts to narrow all this down with all this data they mm -hmm. start narrowing everything down into the most promising treatments and the most promising uh, ways to go about treating those disease states. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, we're gonna see some dramatic changes in the next five years, even in my lifetime for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, if I, I mean, I'm, I'm counting on making it another five years, you know, but, <laughs> oh, so, yeah. but uh, that's, uh, wow. it's, it's very interesting to me mm -hmm. what, is, what is going on. I mean, the year, everybody talks about the year 2030 or the 2050 mm -hmm. or something like that. 
Can you imagine what healthcare is going to be like by the time 2050 rolls around? It's hard to, it's hard to even fathom it. I know it, it is yeah. because of that. Yeah. The, ex, the, the rate at which it's exponentially advancing, you know, right. is just, there's no way to really put wrap your mind around it. Right. Really. Like you're saying, like it's, I think we're, we're in for some, for some pretty amazing, uh, like phenomenal things that are going to happen in the medical mm -hmm. industry and other industries as well That's because right. of AI. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you can imagine even in a number of different industries, all mm -hmm. the technological developments that are coming along for all these companies, they'll be able to streamline their focus on certain things that will make you know more sense for mm -hmm. everybody and be lower cost possibly. Yeah. And uh, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, lastly, so um, tell us, since you've lived in San Angelo a long time, uh, you were born in San Angelo as well? Actually, I was born in Austin. Oh, yeah. Okay, but moved cool. here three months after I was born. Oh, really? Okay, and, uh, yeah. You, I, okay, I, that counts. I've, yeah. I've, lived, I've lived here all my life. <laughs> all right, great. And so being a San Angeloan, um, how have you seen the city of San Angelo change or evolve in the past, let's say, 70 years or something? What have you seen? How have you seen it grow or change? That's kind of interesting you ask that question. Uh, I graduated from high school in 1968. Think about that. Mm -hmm. 1968, San Angelo, the, uh, we drove, I, know, I drove a 1957 Chevrolet. And I, nice. I mean, that was hot. Yeah. That was a big <laughs> deal, you know. Yeah. And up and down the drag from Eagles Pool Hall, which is now that uh, Giz and Holmes place, yeah. down to the Charcoal House. Oh. And uh, even at that time, they just had built a burger chef out there where What's the that? Baskin Robbins is on yeah. Sherwood Way. Cool. And so we were making the, the rounds up and down that on Friday and Saturday night just looking for beer. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we did. Okay. Now today, yeah. think about where we are, what, what it looks like today. This, yeah. this city looks completely different right. today. It's a totally different place. I came back here after college, after five years of going to school, and uh, I, I didn't even hardly recognize what was going on. The wow. entire southwest part of San Angelo started mm -hmm. developing out there at that time. And it was fascinating to me to see the growth. And mm -hmm. we, we've been through several growth patterns here in San yeah. Angelo. Um, it's, it's, it's been interesting to watch. I think we're poised yeah. for another one, aren't you? Especially it's, with the interstate coming. Maybe. If they do that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think so. You're going to see growth yeah. patterns uh, happen every three to five years probably in this town. Yeah. You know, I, I think we're over 100,000 people in this town. We were at 64. I do too. Yeah. We were 64,000 people back in 1968 when I graduated from high school. Oh, wow. So it was a community. We actually had two yeah. com two communities. You had the Lakeview community out uh -huh. there on the other side of the river, and you had the central community on this side of the river. Right. And uh, so, it really, it felt smaller mm -hmm. than sixty five thousand. Yeah. It felt smaller to me because there was only about thirty or forty thousand people in my community. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, uh, San Angelo has definitely changed a lot since mm -hmm. those days. And in the last five to seven years. Um, it, you know, I don't know, the whole world has changed around us, no. not just San Angelo, right. but everything mm -hmm. around us has changed. The whole world is now in your living room. Yep. It's all over. The topic of conversation is what you read on the Internet today or, right. or you saw mm -hmm. on the news, you know. And uh, it's, it's, it's very interesting to me how things have changed and progressed in San Angelo. When I thought when I was in high school, this was not a place to be because there wasn't any opportunity. Right. Mm -hmm. okay? And today there's opportunity. Yeah. Here. So. Yeah. Um, just, I gotta just lastly, what was interesting, I think I told you about this. We have a, a, a journalist, Lucas Banda, he's 23 years old, and we were in the office in there, and I said, Hey, Lucas, I pulled up a picture of a VHS tape, and I, I turned my computer around. And I, said, <laughs> I said, What is this? Option A, is it a battery to an old automobile? 
Option B, does it, is it a cartridge for an old printer? Option C, is it something else? Anyway, then last one was VHS. And <laughs> I kid you not, he said there and he goes, I, I, I don't know. He said, I know I've seen it before. <laughs> we all started laughing. Isn't that, so what I wanted to say about that though is, it's amazing the difference. I don't think we'll ever see again, nor have we ever seen it. The difference in generations, the gap of of how different each one is, and what because you remember trains, people on trains. Yeah. If you told Lucas about that, that's just something out of a movie to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's right. fascinating. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, you know, I, I think about it. Uh, a lot of the people in my generation, none of us had cell phones. Mm -hmm. We didn't even have computers. Yeah. Okay, and so it wasn't that didn't become commonplace until the late nineties. Yeah, right. Really. Yeah. And so even my daughter, mm -hmm. who graduated from high school in 1998, she didn't have a cell phone until she got to college. Yep. Okay, so, you know, the kids are getting cell phones now in elementary school. Yeah. So, and crazy. they're just so advanced. Yeah. Now, and it's, uh, it's unreal what has happened in that industry, it the is. tech industry. Well, thank you, Doug, so much for coming in. Uh, we appreciate you coming in. We appreciate all you've done for San Angelo. Thank you. Uh, yes, thank you so much. Good very see very good story. talking to you. It was. Man. It Enjoyed was great. It. Enjoyed it. All right. Back to you guys. When it comes to unique pieces you can't find anywhere else, Kano's Diamonds and Coins is your one-stop shop. With over 24 years in the diamond and coin industry, Kano's Diamonds and Coins is West Texas's choice for diamonds, jewelry, coins, silver, and gold. Owner Bill Cano stands by his work and offers free consultations, including estate jewelry. Don't just trust anyone with your valuables. Come see the staff at Cano's at 1016 West Beauregard in San Angelo. Thanks for watching the only live locally owned news show in the Concho Valley. We really appreciate your feedback, especially in the comments section and in letters to the editor. Thanks again for making San Angelo Live the number one news source in the Concho Valley. We look forward to bringing you all the news again throughout this year. First, as always, have a great evening and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.